wash us in your holy blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, let's give our God a big hand this morning. Thank you, Jesus. God, you're great and mighty. You are holy and divine. All right, we've got a printout to give you this morning. And if you have a Bible, I'm turning to Revelation chapter 14. Very glad to have you here and to see your smiling faces this morning. We are smiling, right? Okay. <laughs> That's a good thing. All right. We're very happy for each and every one. We had a beautiful day yesterday. And, uh, I'm sure we had a great time. Your participation was wonderful. Okay. So you're going to get your little handout right now. And you're looking at Revelation chapter 14 and verse 6. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. That's Revelation 14 and 6. Once again, listen to it closely. The revelator was inspired to say, and I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue or language and people. And everybody said praise the Lord. Alright, you can be seated. The Lord bless you. Our lesson this morning hot off the press the everlasting gospel. The everlasting gospel. I had one individual, there's an old saying about making <clears throat> something from scratch. And um, one time we had somebody got a little mixed up on that, and they said they made it from scratch. Uh, so I'm going to give it to you from scratch. <laughs> we don't uh, don't have anything here. My grandchildren, children, they love when uh, their Mimi takes that cylinder and she pops it open and out come the biscuits, you know. And uh, But we're not popping anything open this morning, giving you any canned material, okay? This comes right from the book, right from heaven, nice and fresh, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you take it to heart. Gospel on your handout today. Gospel are the teachings of the church. That's the church that Jesus started, of course. The teachings of the church, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one church, one congregation, and it's the body of Christ, and it's universal, it's everywhere, and it's open to everybody. I want to make that clear. In essence, you have John 3.16, where it tells you that God, who is a spirit, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that is the flesh, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So he's made it available to everybody. Everybody can come and become a part of of his congregation or his church or meaning literally called out ones but you got to be willing to come out of darkness you've got to be willing to come out of sin okay you don't stay in darkness and claim to be a part of the church you don't stay in sin as it's written in Matthew chapter 1 thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins you don't get saved in your sin. You get saved from your sin. That means you get delivered from sin. 
somebody said praise the Lord. So the teachings of the church as originally preached by Jesus Christ and the apostles. That's a definition of the gospel. Any information accepted as unquestionably true, born out of, in other words, this definition is born out of people saying, well, that's gospel, meaning that's what they're saying. They're saying that in that context, they're saying, well, that what you're saying is unquestionably true. Well, of course, it all stems from the book, and when we talk about gospel, we're talking about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and the teachings that Jesus has given to the body of Christ, the church. Okay, everybody said praise the Lord. If you have your Bible, or if you just want to follow along here with our handout, which is fine, it's uh, trying to make it a little easier for everybody. But in Mark's account, now there are four accounts of the one gospel. I'd like for you to know that there's one gospel. There was one. There is one Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ, and therefore you want to understand that there is one gospel. It is the death, the burial, the resurrection of that one Jesus Christ. Mark's account, chapter 1 and verse 1. And again, there are four accounts of this one gospel. There's Matthew's account, Mark's, Luke's, and John's. Okay? And uh, there are no contradictions in the Bible. There is a lack of understanding in people, their natural minds, and that's where contradictions come from. There's no contradiction in the Word of God, just a whole lot of lack of understanding or revelation and insight to it. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 1 said, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Son of God is a reference to the flesh. Please keep that in mind, okay? Because we have taught you from the Bible that God, who is a spirit, came in the flesh. Spirit came in flesh. And so that which did all the wonderful works, then as Jesus in the flesh stated, he said, if you don't believe me, he said, then believe me for my works' sake. Because it's not me that's doing it, but my Father which is in you. It's the spirit that does it, okay? And so the flesh had its purpose. That was to die on the cross for each and every individual. What dwelled in that flesh, your Bible said, was the fullness of God bodily. So God was manifest in the flesh, shown clearly in the flesh. So this beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ is what uh, Mark said here. And I just don't want you to ever get confused uh, with terminologies and what they mean. And so as it said, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So you have a reference here to that flesh, that Son of God, that flesh, okay? Now, in Luke's account, and I'm glad that things have a beginning, right? In Luke's account, chapter 13 and verse 3, Jesus said it this way, except you repent. Okay? And, of course, he went on to say, you will all likewise perish. So it shows you there's an important part to the gospel here called repentance. The linkage that you want to see is that Jesus in the flesh, that flesh is what died on the cross. Somebody's auntie called me the other day, or a friend of their auntie, and, and felt like somebody was confused about this. And uh, I told her, I said, what died on the cross was the flesh. The spirit withdrew from the flesh. 
why hast thou forsaken me? Because the flesh, feeling its humanity in the furthest extent, because he was dying on that cross, and the spirit began to withdraw from that fleshly tabernacle. And consequently, he cried that out, and it was a fulfillment also of Scripture from the Old Testament. So what died on the cross was the flesh. What died on the cross was known as the Lamb of the Spirit. The Lamb, the flesh, the Son, the sacrifice. Okay? And that's why he said, this body, I have power to lay it down. And then he said, I have power to raise it up. Because three days later, that which withdrew from the flesh was going to re-enter the flesh. In other words, the Spirit re-entered the flesh on the third day, and he arose again from the dead. Okay? So he said, I have power to lay down my life, and I have power to raise it up again. All right? He knew who he was, and he, but he was very much aware of this flesh that he had to contend with every day just like you do. That's why it said that he is a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, our weaknesses, because he was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Everybody said amen. So he says here, it's recorded Luke 13 and 3, that except you repent. It is a great necessity that we repent because he died on the cross for our sins. You die through repentance to your sin, to it. You have sin in your life. Everybody does. And so we have to die to that sin, meaning I'm not going to do that anymore. Okay? And so we believe in his death. That's the part of the gospel, the death. We believe in his death when we repent of our sins and we die to our sins. Okay? Simple example. If I'm a thief, then I repent of my stealing, then and I'm not going to do that anymore. I've died to that. If I'm an alcoholic, then I'm going to die to my drinking. I'm going to tell the Lord, please forgive me of this, and I don't want to do this anymore. With your help, I'm repenting of this. I'm cutting this off. I'm dying to this. I'm having a change of heart and direction here. I'm not going to change a pattern. I'm not going to be this way anymore. Okay? And you might want to remember, and I shouldn't maybe so much skip ahead, but let me just mention to you that we never stop repenting. When you get this gospel in your heart and this experience, you don't stop repenting, okay? All right, everybody said praise the Lord. We have to die to this flesh as Paul said, I die daily. To die to it every day, okay? All right, so, but Jesus said here in the beginning, in the accounts of the uh, four accounts of the one gospel, it is recorded that he said, except you repent. And he warned them. He said, don't look at somebody else and say that they're worse or something like that. He said, I'm telling except you all, hello, repent. He said, you're going to perish. So we have to, we have to repent. Okay, that's crystal clear in the scriptures. John 3 and 3, uh, this is where <clears throat> an individual came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. He's talking to the flesh. He's looking at the man, Christ Jesus. He's looking at the invisible, showing himself visibly. God manifest in the flesh. 
this man did not have the complete revelation, of course, of whom Jesus was. But that was to come. But at this point, he was recognizing something is different here. This isn't ordinary. This is extraordinary. This is not natural. This is supernatural. The tremendous things that are taking place, he was saying, I'm not going to close my eyes to this, and I'm not going to let my religion cheat me out of what I'm seeing here. I need to take a, a better look at this. And that's why we teach you these lessons, because we want you to understand the Scriptures. We're not trying to put anything over on anybody. We want to give to you what Jesus gave to his apostles, and they gave to the rest of the known world, and it continues on through the church, the body of Christ, right to this split second. Hence, you're here. So, what you want to see is that when, G when this individual came to Jesus by night, and he, rec he acknowledged, you're not just any old ordinary individual. You know, we recognize, we've been talking, we realize that you are a teacher come from the Spirit, because no man can do the miracles that you're doing except God be with him, except the Spirit be with him, okay? Well, in this case, the Spirit was in him to the fullness, all right? And that was what this individual was about to learn. So, of course, Jesus said and told this individual that he had to be born again or he could not see the kingdom of God. And then, of course, the individual bringing up, as is typical, a natural way of thinking and natural way of looking at things, he said, well, how do I achieve this? He said, do I enter the second time? And I'm like, what are you saying to me? I, I don't understand. Well, there's a lot of people that don't understand how to be born again. That's why you're here, I hope, and that's why we're teaching you. Because I went to a funeral in South Bay one time. We had a sister coming here. She's dead now. But when she was here, she was elderly, but her father was very elderly. And he was in his 90s, and he passed away. And so she asked us go over to where he went to church where they were having the funeral and we went and uh, I was sitting right on the my wife and I on the front row first two seats and when the service began I was invited to come and say something and so I did and when I taught somewhat of what I'm teaching to you right now one woman just spoke out in the congregation and I don't advise that but uh, she just I guess couldn't help herself and she said now that I can understand well, that's what I want you to have this morning. I want you to be able to understand. This individual did not understand what Jesus said, and he's, and he's thinking naturally. And so he's like, well, will I enter my mother's womb again and come out again? What's the deal here? What, how does this happen? And so Jesus said, told him the truth. And he said, well, you must be born again of water and of the Spirit, or you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So you can't see it. You can't enter it, except you get born again of water and of the Spirit. It is a spiritual experience, okay? It is not a natural experience. It doesn't have anything to do with going into the womb the second time. It's the womb of the church that's go that you're going to be birthed from, okay? The body of Christ here. So you want, and that's why the church is likened unto a woman, because it's in he helping you to understand that there is a physical birth that takes place in this physical world, and that's why we're here sitting here, okay? But there is a spiritual birth that takes place in the spiritual realm, and that's why, again, you can be here. You can be here and be in the body of Christ, in other words. You can be birthed, okay? So, 
Jesus made it clear. He said, except a man be born again. Verse 5, he said, except a man be born of water. All right? As we watch the scriptures in subject matter, then we come to realize and we teach to you that that means that you are to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and it's for the full pardon of all of your sins. And everybody said, praise the Lord. And everybody said, hallelujah. Come in. We're glad you're here. Find yourself a seat. Help out here, and we're just glad you're here. All right, so you have to, and, and notice the word accept. It's telling you that if this doesn't happen, then there's not going to be the result that needs to be. All right, so it's, it's a requirement. God does require some things. There are some people that think God accepts just any old thing. You know, don't you love it when they say, they say, I, I took Christ as my personal Savior. Oh, you're taking him, huh? You're taking him. You're going to order him around. You're going to pull him everywhere. A lot of people trying to pull Jesus into situations, and he don't want anything to do with it. Just, he's just kicking and scratching and clawing and backing up, and you're just trying to pull him into it. Well, he's not going into sin, and he's not going into false doctrine, and, and it's, it's not him going into to a situation like that. It's more you coming out of a situation. He came to, the Bible said, save his people from their sins. He's going to pull you out of the horrible pit. You don't go taking him into your horrible pit. You know, they want to take Christ, then they want to live the same sinful lifestyle. That's why we got to repent, though, because we're going to repent of that sinful lifestyle. We're going to repent of that foul language. We're going to repent of that. Uh, what did it, I, I have to see it every time I preach at the radio station. they got a little thing up there, and it says, a nasty mind is a terrible thing to waste. i got to look at that every time I go always averting my eyes, telling just want to take that word nasty out of there. You know, I'll grant you that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. But a, a nasty mind, that's something we want to get rid of. That's what we want to repent of. We want to get rid of the filth and the garbage. We want that out of our system. We want unbelief out of our system. We want doubt and fear out of our minds. We don't want these things. We want to repent of these things and tell the Lord, I'm sorry for these things, and I don't want them anymore. And let me tell you something. Coming here and being taught the Word of God will turn on a light bulb for you about things that are wrong that possibly you didn't know were wrong. Paul said that he, he said, how would I know that it was wrong to covet except the Scripture had taught me not to lust? The Word of God is telling me, don't do that. Or maybe it's the other way around. I shouldn't, I'm taught not to lust. So that helped me to understand about thou shalt not covet, okay? Giving me a, an understanding and an insight here. So we come to a place where Jesus is speaking to us about spiritual things. And he doesn't want you to look at it in a natural way. And so you don't want to be thinking, I can, I can make up my own rules and my own religion. That's what it'll be, a religion, all right. It'll be man's beliefs, homemade beliefs, homebrewed beliefs. You know, you don't want that. You want what thus saith the Lord. You want the word of God. You want to pick up the pattern here. Jesus has come not just to town, but he's come to planet earth. God was manifest in the flesh. Except you believe that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. His name always was Jesus. You didn't know that. I didn't know that until 
the Bible teaches that the fullness of time was come. And then that flesh was sent forth, made of a woman, that'd be Mary, okay? Under the law, that's the time period in which he came. They were living under the law. And that would be the Old Testament law that came through Moses, okay? But he came to redeem us from that. He came to get us out from under that situation. And he said, I'm going to give you a new covenant, a new agreement, a new testament. And I'm giving to you, in other words, the gospel. And it's the everlasting gospel. This will never go out of style. Okay? Now, some people are never going to get to style. You ever see in the paper sometimes they'll take a snapshot of somebody and, and, and they'll say, don't. You know, it's a fashion thing. You know, Don't wear your outfit with that kind of combination. Okay? That, it doesn't go. In other words, so they'll show you a don't. And then they'll show you a do. And they'll show you the right way to do it according to their, their fashion and their standard. Uh, and that's a natural thing. No problem. But I'm saying to you that Jesus Christ is trying to help you to understand what to do and what not to do. The right way that things are to be done according to his thinking. And he is the lawgiver. He is God. He's the one that knows what's right, and he's giving what's right. And so here we have him. He's come in the flesh now. He's walking among men and women, boys and girls. And here comes a man, and he wants to know how, how this has to be done. And he's told, you must be born again of water. Well, Matthew 3.13, on your handouts, your study sheet, said, then cometh Jesus to be baptized. So it's important you be born again of water, that you be baptized in water, and furthermore, in the name of Jesus Christ. Now here comes Jesus the Christ, and he is the Savior, okay, according to the flesh, he is the Son of God, he has come to save people from their sins, not in their sins, but from their sins. You're not going to pull him and take him into your nasty situation. He's going to pull and take you out of your nasty situation. He didn't walk up to Peter and Peter say, follow me, I'll take you, Jesus. No, that isn't what happened. Jesus came by and he said, you drop your net, let's go. And Peter dropped the net and he went, okay? And so did others. So it's, it's we're the ones that need to let go of things. We're the ones that need to repent of things. We're the ones that are lost and need help here, okay? So... We want to be humble in our attitude about that. And so here uh, Jesus says, come to John the baptizer in the days of his flesh. John the baptizer is the messenger. He sent before him to make his path straight and to baptize for the remission of sins. And so he's doing that. Jesus comes over the hillside, and he comes to John to be baptized. And, of course, John just begins to, oh, no, no, I, you baptize me. I'm not going to baptize you. And, of course, Jesus had to straighten him out. Might have sounded good for John to say that, but Jesus said, you tolerate what I'm telling you. You do what I'm telling you. He said, I have to do this. I've got to be an example. I've got to show them how is the right way to do this. So the Bible said here in uh, Matthew 3, 13, Then cometh Jesus to be baptized, verse 16, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. If you're going to come straightway up out of the water, you got to get in the water, okay? And baptism literally means to be immersed. 
So we're not doing the dry cleaning system. I'm not going to sprinkle you a little bit here and there. Okay, we're not going to do that. We're doing this the Bible way. We're going to do it by full immersion. Sprinkling came about because pe people that were supposed to be giving themselves off as some kind of religious leaders with their religion, they brought about sprinkling because they, they were trying to uh, accommodate the people. Too much trouble to get all down there in the water and come out of there all wet. Make it a little easier. Just sprinkle them. And then, too, it would, they could just do whole groups. And say, okay, y'all are done. You know. So it's all about a crowd, all about numbers, and all about money. But that's not what we're all about. We're all about salvation. We don't want religion. We don't want man's ideas and his way of trying to get to heaven on his own terms. We don't want that. Most of us have done that, been through all kinds of things, passed through from one thing to another. But now you have come to the truth. You have come and you can have the knowledge of the truth. This will help you to know what's the gospel, not for a day, a week, or a month, but it's the everlasting gospel. Okay, it's the gospel without end. It is the teachings of the church as originally, originally preached by Jesus Christ and the apostles, okay? And it is unquestionably true. So Jesus was an example. He was baptized. He came straightway up out of the water, okay? Then we read John 3 and 5, except a man be born of the Spirit. So when Jesus was explaining to this individual that he had to be born again, he not only told him he had to be born again of water or baptized, come up out of the waters of baptism but also that and as you're coming up out of the water by the way that's when you're born again off water that's your new birth you're coming up out of the water going down you're burying in the watery grave the old nature that you just repented of I used to be this way Lord I've been this way I don't want to be this way anymore I repent of these things and you die to your sin you're believing on his death and then we bury you okay and that's where your Bible said that you're buried with him in water baptism, okay, Romans 6. You're buried with him as an explanation to people who got the experience, teaching them that you're buried with Christ in water baptism. And then we bring you up out of that watery grave, and that's when you're born again of water, okay? And now he's telling you that you have to be born of the Spirit. Notice it said born of water. There is no article the there. So what you want to see is any water will do. People have been in, been baptized in muddy, muddy waters. People have been well. People have been baptized in the Mississippi River. My pastor did that, and, and those that's supposed to be the muddy river. That's what they call it. Uh, I know of a preacher that baptized people in Vietnam in ditches that the rain has filled up the ditch, and he baptized people in those ditches. As long as we can get you all the way under and get you buried, no problem. And of course, as long as we bring you back up, no problem. But I think we're batting a 1,000 on that one. We bring them all back up. All right. So, so here we have, I want to give you the, the understanding that when Jesus told them now to be born again of the Spirit, then that's particular. That's why it said the Spirit, okay? It's not just any spirit. And we often tell it in a manner of humor that a lot of people have a spirit. It's just not a Holy Spirit. And we don't want anything to do with that. We want the Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Ghost. We want the presence of the Lord. We want the gift of God, the gift of grace, the, the comforter. That's all the ways that the Bible refers to as this great experience of being born again of the Spirit. Very distinctive there, the Spirit. Okay? Matthew 
3.16 then, the Bible said, as Jesus came up straightway out of the water, then it tells you that the, the uh, I think we got a typo. That happens. You know, when you make your secretary do these things at the last minute, you're going to get some typos. So if you want to write in there, the Spirit of God. It should say the Spirit of God, Matthew 3.16. Just put the word Spirit there, the Spirit of God descending like a dove upon him. All right? That's my fault. I put the old pressure on. Spirit of God descending like a dove upon him, Matthew 3.16. So when Jesus came straightway up out of the waters of baptism, that's what took place. So now he's come up out of the water. He's illustrating how. He's giving you an example of how to be born again of water. Now the Spirit is descending upon him, and he's illustrating for you how to be born again of the Spirit. Okay? So there's your John 3 and 5, that Jesus was an example of that to us. So he was showing us exactly how it was to be done. Luke 24 and 47 tells you, that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So here we have Jesus is now already been crucified. When this verse is written about, He's already been crucified, and He has been buried, and now He has risen again from the dead. Okay? And He is showing Himself alive with many infallible proofs. And he's beginning to give last-minute instructions to above 500 people that followed him out to a place in the mountain overlooking Jerusalem. And he begins to give these last-minute instructions, and this is where he told them that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. His name. didn't say names, and it didn't say titles. If you don't have to do it in titles, you'd be going for a long time because he has all the titles, all the titles, okay? He, he's the wonderful, and he's the counselor, he's the savior, he's the redeemer, he's the righteous branch, he's the I am that I am. You know, you could just keep going on. He's the father, he, he's the son, he's everything, okay? He's the Holy Ghost. There's just one God who shows himself and is known as so many different awesome titles. Right? And many people, I've seen posters, and they will put all the, they'll put Jesus Christ, and then they'll put all the titles, every one of them, you know, and it's a beautiful poster. And yet they don't have the revelation. They don't know what they're really saying because they'll get hung up and they'll go with tradition, and they'll go with the teachings of man and their religion with their natural way of thinking. You know, should I get into my mother's womb a second time? Well, I don't think you're going to get mom to agree with that. And so I'm saying to you that they'll tell you that there's, there's a trinity and that there's three persons and they're co-equal, co-eternal, co co-existent. They'll go on with all these terms that are not in the Bible. Trinity's not in the Bible. Persons pertaining to God, not in the Bible. And all these other things that they will say, not in the Bible. Okay? And then they'll take the ultimate cop-out. Well, that's a mystery. You can't understand it. Okay? Well, you can't understand the mystery. Truly it is. Great is the mystery of godliness. And then it tells you, God was manifest in the flesh. God showed himself clearly in the flesh. So you want to understand it's said to be preached in his name. And he gave us, according to uh, Acts 4 and 12, his name that is above every name. Okay? And neither is there salvation.
salvation in any other name. And that name is Jesus Christ. He was explaining, giving that to them because they were, um, how did this take place? How did this miracle happen? And he said, well, by the name of Jesus Christ, that's how it happened. That's how everything's going to happen. Whatsoever you ask in, in word or deed and faith believing, you're going to ask in the name of Jesus if you want it to happen. All right? Everybody said praise the Lord. And if you want your sins to be fully pardoned, if you want the governor to sign a full pardon that your sins and your crimes against him are all gone, then you're going to do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Or you're not going to get a full pardon. All right? So he's telling them he's getting ready now to ascend up this glorified body which was showing to them a foreshowing of what people who live for him, get this experience and live for him, are going to have when they rise at that first resurrection, okay? And so he, there he is. He is glorified, and yet he is, and he's gone through a wall and appeared in the midst of them and vanished in front of them. He's eaten with them, and he's giving a little glimpse into what that glorified body's going to be like and what a day that's going to be for us. No more pain, no more sickness, you know, no more throat things going on, no more sniffles, none of those things. Won't that be nice? <laughs> no more devil. That'll really be nice. All right. So there'll be no more temptations. And so that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. Repentance. Notice he said that. We've covered that this morning. So you see that he's setting everything up for the birth of the church. So the church is going to know what to preach. You're going to preach the gospel. You're going to preach the good news. You're going to bring the good news that people can repent of their sins, that they can be born again of water and of the Spirit, that they can be baptized in my name, and they can be filled with my Holy Spirit, okay? So that repentance and remission of sins should be preached, and that means should there, means must be preached in His name among all nations, and not just for one select group. It is for everybody, everywhere, for whosoever will. And it said, you let them come. You got to come, all right, among all nations. But you can't come, except he draw you. But he's doing that because he said, when I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So he's doing that. And so you want to understand that he's getting ready to ascend up into heaven, giving last-minute instructions, and above 500, we've taught you before, 380 has said, no, thank you. We like our little present religion that we've got from ourselves and our ancestors, and we're not going with anything else. Ta-ta, bye-bye. And you didn't see anybody crying over, oh, they're leaving us all. No, no. The 120 went right down to the upper room. They were too busy obeying and going forward than to get all upset about somebody that was not cooperating. And that's what people are going to find out. The church moves on. So you want to make sure you're moving with the church, okay? Otherwise, you're going to find yourself left behind, and you don't want that. And that means more than just left behind presently, that means eternally, okay? So let's snap to, let's get a good willing heart and spirit and attitude, and let's move on as they went to that upper room, okay? Let's move to that experience that they moved to. And they went with these instructions that they were to preach in his name and bring baptism in his name. Luke 24 and 49 then picks up for you also the part of the one baptism. In other words, it's broken up into water and spirit. Water is your baptism, Luke 24 and 47 there. And then you find Luke 24 and 49. He said, I send the promise of my Father 
That is the Spirit. That's flesh talking to you about the Spirit. Hopefully nobody has a problem with that. Here I am. I'm in the flesh. I'm talking to you about the Spirit, and He is my Father. The only difference is, I'll make it a simple illustration, I have a half a glass of the Spirit. I have the Spirit by measure, whereas Jesus had it by fullness. In Him dwell the fullness of the very God bodies. In Him dwell the fullness of the Spirit. Okay? That's what your Bible says. Those are Bible terms. We don't deal with terms that aren't in the Bible. That's why we don't preach to you a trinity. It's not in the Bible. Okay? And we won't preach to you anything that's not in the Bible. We want to bring to you the Word of God. Okay? We don't want to get all mixed up in man's religion. We want God's salvation. So I send the promise of my Father, that is the Spirit, upon you. Tarry or wait until you be endued with power from on high. In other words, until you receive the promise that he has given, the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he told them about that. He taught them about that. And as you read your Bible, you will read uh, that yourself. Okay? Can't put them all in the lesson. Matter of fact, I had to do a little fancy footwork at the end here not to go to page 2. All right. Acts 1 and uh, verses 4 and 5. Now, Acts picks up, chapter 1 picks up at the same time as Luke 24, okay, and several others, but I, I don't want to bog you down here. So the timing of it, in other words. So here in Acts chapter 1, if you uh, read verse 2, you'll read until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments. In other words, the body is glorified, and the body is ascending up into heaven. Acts 3.19 tells you that the heavens are going to retain that body until the restitution of all things. So the body is gone. The glorified body is now ascending to heaven. They watched him go up, and they're told, why do you stand here gazing? You know, let's get with the program. Get to the upper room and get with it, okay? So anyway, it's telling you until the day he was taken up, after that, what took place was he threw the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Okay? And it told you to whom he showed himself, to the apostles in other words, to whom he showed himself alive after his passion or after the crucifixion. You can come in, Omar. I'm winding down. I better wind down. Wait, the clock's flipping. And being assembled together. I'm sorry. Did I pick it up right? No. To whom he showed himself alive after his passion or after the crucifixion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus did, okay? Now it's telling you that um, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father or of the Spirit, which saith he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So, you're watching here the end of Luke, what we read, and the beginning of Acts. They mesh together, and now the time has come. The body has, the glorified body has ascended up into heaven, and they go to that upper room. All right? I just wanted you to focus, though, particularly in 4 and 5 of chapter 1 here, okay? That being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of of the Father or of the Spirit, okay? So he's, he's telling you what you read here or was given to you in this lesson in Luke 24 and 49. I send the promise of my Father, okay? Wait for the promise of the Father. So you see how those scriptures in subject matter come together. 
And that's when we go to uh, Acts chapter 2, which I didn't have room to put it on the page, so I just put Acts 2 and 4. So if you want to reopen your Bible, feel welcome to do that as we wind up this lesson today. Acts 2 and 4, and we've had this lesson about when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind, filled all the house where they were sitting, who was all they? Acts chapter 1 tells you they were about, the number of them was about 120. They were the apostles, Mary the mother of the flesh, the other devout women, and some others. Okay, other devout women and men, and they were there. Their number was about 120, because the 380 snubbed their nose at it, went with their religion, they didn't want to repent, they didn't want to change, they didn't want to get what he, everything that, that was in the Old Testament was a preview of this. It was saying, this is what's going to come here. So if you thumb your nose at this, you're turning against all the scriptures, all everything that he showed ahead of time in a shadow and a type. When you, they could talk about the lamb and we're going to sacrifice the lamb once a year, which they don't do anymore, of course, but it wouldn't do any good if they did. But the point is that he was the lamb and he fulfilled what was shown to them in a shadow and a type or a preview in the Old Testament. All the things Jesus did, he was fulfilling the scriptures. One place they offered him a certain out, and he said, if I do that, he said, then how shall the scriptures be fulfilled? He came to fulfill those scriptures, okay? There was a body prepared, gave the body on the cross, rose again on the third day, ascended up into heaven, and now he's doing what it was all about. I'm pouring out of my spirit upon all flesh. You can have the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's what it said here, uh, that verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave them the utterance. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Okay. I hope that we, if there was anything needed to be cleared up in your thinking, that it got cleared up. All right. Remember to uh, get ready because maybe next week we'll, we'll answer some questions. Okay. And we'll answer questions that pertain to the lessons that we've given like to try to keep it a little controlled, okay? So if you have a, a binder and you have lessons in there, go through them. If you have a question, jot it down, okay? And we'll let you raise your hand and give you an opportunity to do that, and you can ask your question, and we'll try to give you chapter and verse for your answer, okay? We always want to give what the book teaches, what, what comes from God. We're not into any kind of theory or any... Uh, commentaries or things of that nature. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Amen. All right, let's stand together. Let's give the Lord a big hand together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's take a moment. Let's pray. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. I love you, Jesus, and I thank you for the good word of God and the preciousness of your truth. You are great, you are mighty, you are holy. You've never failed, you've never made a mistake. And I thank you, I thank you for the beautiful truth. I want to believe the word of God. I want to believe you and take you at your word. Thank you, Jesus. Let's worship him. I will sing unto yes. the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord and bless his holy name. I will sing unto the Lord, for 